He is a faithful God, no matter what. <laughs> Clarence, will you pray for us, buddy? Please, sir. Thank you, thank you. The title of the message this morning is God is faithful. Uh, before I forget, I want to thank Judy for leading us on the piano today. Uh, I did not hear one bad note. Did anybody? <laughs> thank you, Judy. We are blessed with so much talent in this church. Lamentations 3, 22 says this, The Lord's loving kindness never ceases. His mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know, every day we can see the faithfulness of God. Did you know this? Every day we see the faithfulness of God. Well, what do you mean by that, Don? This morning when I was up and looking at this uh, message I looked out uh, my window to the east and I saw the orange of the sun coming up. You see, the sun has been lit forever and forever. The sun has never gone out. You see, the sun gets up every morning in the east and it travels across the sky to the west. And the Bible says he hides it at night, gives the sun a tent, Psalm 19. For weeks, the sun is very faithful. Days, months, years, decades, centuries, never fails, does it? Never fails. The sun always comes up in the east and it sets in the west. And I'm here to tell you today, that is a picture of the faithfulness of God. There's no changing in God. There's nothing, no wavering in God. It's going to happen just like the sun every day. God is so faithful to us. Malachi 3, 6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Okay? And we're going to look at that today. In this series, we are looking at God is, and we're going to be filling in that blank, if you would. Last week was God is holy. This week, God is is faithful. And, and, and I hope that you are looking forward to this series as we progress with it because we'll be looking at the very character of God, the attributes of God that we need to know about Him. We need to know Him better so that we can trust Him more. 
how much do you really know about God? Well, we're going to find out in the next few weeks how much we really know about God. I hope you know more in a few weeks than you know today. Would you give your bank account number to somebody that you don't know? Would you give your Social Security card number to somebody that you don't know? How about your garage door opener code? Would you give that to anybody that you don't know? Well, of course not. You wouldn't do that, would you? You don't know them. You don't have an experience with those people. You don't know the character of those people. You really just don't know them, so you, would, you wouldn't do that. That's, that'd be something dumb that you would do. So you would not do that. And I'm here to tell you the same thing is about our faith, okay? If we really don't know God, do we really trust him? Do we really have an awe about him? Do we have a fear of the Lord? Do we really just want to worship him if we really don't know about him? And I suggest to you, no, we really don't. If we don't know who God is, how can we really trust him? How can we really honor him? How can we really obey him? So again, as this series goes on, I hope that we will learn to know more about God so that we can come at closer fellowship with Him. We can have a better relationship with Him. We'll be more uh, obedient to Him. You know, the Bible says we have to have a, a certain amount of fear of the Lord, and that's not a fear of being scared. That is a fear of an awesome reverence to holy God. So I hope in the next few weeks... As we go through this, if you miss a Sunday, man, I want to encourage you to, to go back and listen to that message because we're going to build on each message and, and just so we can get the total picture of who God is. Last week, God is holy. We learned that how He is separate. There is no category that He will ever be, belong in. He is the greatest of all time. And He has a separate Life, And we are called to have a separate life because He is holy. The Bible says we are to be holy. And that holiness says we are to live a separate life from this old world. We do not get caught up in this world, the philosophies of this world. We are to be separate. Today we're going to look at God is faithful and what that means. God is faithful. The word faithful means steadfast, firm, fidelity. Trusted. It's just the opposite of wishy-washy or ever-changing. We'll find today that God is steadfast in what He says and what He does. Psalm 119, 89 and 90 says this. He says, forever, Lord. It says, your word, your word is settled in heaven. Not going to change. It's settled. It says, your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. God, your faithfulness continues through all generations. It says, you establish the earth and it stands firm. You know, when God speaks, did you know it's the truth? What God said 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, when he speaks, it is the truth, and we must pay attention to it. Again, Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. First Samuel 15.29 says this, Also the glory of God 
of Israel will not lie or change his mind. Will not lie or change his mind. Hebrews 6, 18 says, it is impossible for God to lie. Joshua 1, 5 says, I will not fail you nor forsake you. That's a promise. Joshua 1, 9 says, for the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. God will do what he promises. Did you know that? When God says that he means it, he'll do exactly what he says. There's a, you know, the story of uh, Abraham and Sarah in the Bible. And you were just remember the story that Abraham and Sarah were barren. They could not have children. And God one day came to Abraham and said, I will give you a son. And he will be leader of the Jews. Promised him a son. And you know the story. Year after year after year, they waited for this son. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years they waited. And you know the story. Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90. No way that's ever going to happen. But we know that it did. Why did it happen? Because God said it would happen. He promised that. He meant it. And he will always carry through with his promises. In Romans 4, 20 and 21, it talks about that very uh, incident of Abraham and Sarah where it says, it says, with respect to the promise of God, that promise that he gave Abraham, he, Abraham, did not waver in his unbelief, but he grew strong in his faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. You know, sometimes God puts a little bit longer time period on his promises. And he does that in order to create in us a sense of trust, that we'll learn to trust him, that when we read a promise from God's word and, and, and he says, this is what's going to happen in your life, and it just doesn't happen immediately, God says, I just want you to trust me. Just trust me. I said it. I meant it. I do not lie. Trust me. And during that time, he says, I want you to trust me, and then give me the glory. And then one day that promise will be fulfilled. We're going to talk about that here a little bit later. Do you believe that God is faithful? Do you believe that God can be trusted? I mean, for now, for next week, next year, can he be trusted? Is he faithful for eternity? I hope you understand that he can. You see, God doesn't forsake, doesn't falter, never fails you. The Bible says God always keeps his word and he never changes. God will always do what he promises. He never lies. Do you believe that? I hope you do. As we look at God's faithfulness to us, that should have some effect on our life. Did you know that? I mean, just the fact we understand that he is faithful, that he is pure, that whatever he says will happen ought to change the way we live, ought to change the way we think, ought to change the way that we go about our business, that we know without a shadow of a doubt that God's promises are always true, that God is always faithful, always faithful for what he says he will do. Well, how does, that, how does that relate to us? How, how can we grab a hold of his faithfulness? How do we apply God's faithfulness to us? Well, I've got four ways today. I thought, well, I'm going to show you real quickly, okay? 
about his faithfulness. And I hope you understand these and grasp these because this can, these kind of things as we see this will literally can change your life. I promise you. The first one that I've got there says, God's faithfulness allows me to have complete confidence in the promises of God. You can have complete confidence in the promises of God. Hebrews 10, 23 says, He who promised is faithful. When God makes a promise, we can have total confidence in that. Did you know in God's Word that there, there are so many promises in God's Word that it will affect, cover, speak to any life problem that you might come across? Did you know that? Anything that comes across your path as a person, God's Word says, I've got a promise for you. And because of that, because of that kind of, of confidence in His promises, we do not have to have worry. We do not have to have anxiety. We do not have to have stress in our lives because when we learn to stand on God's promises, we stand on those and we believe them and we act upon those kinds of things. Did you know there's a lot of promises in God's Word? Did you know that? I've got this little book in my, in my desk, and I know some of you have this book. And if you don't have this book, I would encourage you to buy one, tell me, and I'll get you one, okay? Because the title of the book is God's Promises for Every Need. I don't know about you, but, but if I've got something going on in my life and I, and I need to find a verse in here, there's a lot of pages in there. And if I have not studied that, if I have not memorized verses, I, I really don't know where to go sometimes. I mean, you guys might, but sometimes I don't. If I'm struggling with, with uh, unhappiness or depression or anxiety or stress or, or things not working out, and, and I'm needing some verses to hold on to, and I really don't know where to go, I go here. It says, God's promises for every need. I promise you, you need one of these books. Some of you got them. You see, because what it does, it condenses and it brings together verses that apply to certain things. When you feel discouraged, you go to page 74, and it's got about 15 verses about discouragement. When you feel confused, go to page 98, verse after verse about your confusion is right here. It's at your fingertips, if you would. Anything that you want to know. When you're experiencing fear, when you're mentally disturbed and need courage, lukewarm spiritually, in doubt about God, you need confidence. You're in trouble in life. You're waiting on God. You don't understand God's ways. Every one of those topics and many, many more, there's probably 50 or 60 topics there. And you turn to this and you go, wow, there's a verse about that. There's a verse about that. There's a, you're deserted by loved ones, and there's 10 verses. You see, we've got to get to the point in our lives that we stand on God's promises. They are not just written on a sheet of paper, guys. Every one of these promises that God gives us has been God-breathed. He has ordained this scripture, and he didn't put it in here just for us to go, well, that's a nice verse. I think I'm going to put that on a Christmas card. No. He's put it in here so that we will stand on it, that we will live on it, that those verses, these promises will change our lives. I was talking to a friend of mine just this week, 
And he was talking about, man, he said, I'm having trouble sleeping at night. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about things, and I'm, I'm stressed, and I'm anxious, and I don't know what to do. I said, well, let me give you a verse. And I gave him Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Well, that's a really nice verse. But will it do him any good? It will. If every time anxiety comes up in his life, he goes to that verse. I don't have to be anxious for anything. You know, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I just, I didn't tell God about it. And God's promises said, I'll have peace that surpasses all understanding. And the next time that anxiety and stuff comes up in your, in his, in his mind and his heart and he can't sleep at night, he can go here. I gave him a three by five card with that verse on it. I said, pull it out of your pocket and read it again when that happens. Next time it happens, you can't sleep, pull it out again. Two hours later when it happens, pull it out again and read it and believe it. Stand on it. Live it. Let it change your life. You see, that's what God's promises are for. That's why he gave us this stuff. So that it's not just a great verse. We're going to stand on it. We're going to believe it. And we're going to trust it because God's word is faithful. When you give it to me and you're thankful about it, then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Well, that worked for about 30 minutes. Okay. Read it again. Read it again. Read it again. And I can promise you, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, that's what I'm talking about when we stand on His promises. We just don't read them. We digest them. And we put them into our heart. And we put them into our mind And when God says, I will give you that kind of peace, if you pray about it, if you you ask me about it, and you do it with thanksgiving, I'll give you that kind of peace. See, that's God's faithfulness. He didn't say, well, ever so often I'm going to do that for you guys. That'll work every once in a while. It works 100% of the time. But why? Because God is faithful. God is faithful. If you need one of these, you come see me, and I will get you one, I promise you. God's promises, a little book, $2.99 at Hobby Lobby. Trust me, I make nothing on it, okay? I'm not making a profit on this deal. I'm trying to help you. Stand on God's Word. Make it easy for you to find out what God's Word says. Second thing about God's faithfulness assures us of answered prayer. Did you know that? God's faithfulness assures us that He will answer our prayer. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me, and I will answer. (laughs) And I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Just call on to me, he says. And then the last second part, I will answer. That's a promise from God. Stand on it. Mark 11, 24. says, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they shall be granted to you. That's praying with faith. That's praying with faith. Proverbs 15, 29. 
The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears the prayers of the righteous. He hears the prayers of the righteous. Are you seeking God? Are you hungry and thirsty after the things of God? Do you have a passion for God? Have you been born again? Is is that part of your life? Is that who you are, a born-again believer? And you seek to live a life that is pleasing to God? What does that verse say? He hears your prayers. Okay? He hears your prayer. He's far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. I would suggest you don't want to try to just be righteous now. (laughs) Okay? You want to begin the process back here. And when things come into your life that are not pleasant, not happy, the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous. Did you know that's a promise? Straight from God's Word. He hears the prayers of the righteous. James 5.16 says this, The effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much, accomplish much, whatever you want to put it. Okay? There it is, that righteous thing again. Okay? You're a righteous person. When you pray, you can accomplish a whole bunch because God hears your prayers. Why? Because He is faithful. Psalm 66, 18 gives us the other picture. It says, If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Whoa, that's a biggie. If I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Well, God never hears my prayers. Well, maybe you have unconfessed sin in your life. Maybe there's things going on that, man, I don't like that person. I ain't forgiving that person. Are you kidding me? No way. And you live in defiance or you live in sin... But now when something comes up, you want God to go, hey, God, right now, babe, I need some help. Okay? Live a life that gets rid of the sin and the wickedness and the evil and and those things that the enemy wants you to possess. Get rid of those so that God will be willing to hear your prayer. You know, we we have talked about this a long time ago, a couple years ago, about how God answers prayers. And I just we're going to remind you today how he answers your prayer if you're a righteous man and a righteous woman. You know, sometimes, and this is the best way. Boy, I wish he'd do this all the time. But he doesn't always do this. You know, sometimes he says yes <laughs> to your prayer. <laughs> and he answers that immediately. You ever had those? Oh, Lord, I'm in a bind here. God, can you help me here? And Bang, immediately you have an answer. Man, them are the good kind, aren't they? They're the good kind. And sometimes God says, I will, I will give you a yes to your prayer, but I'm going to make you wait a little bit. I'm going to make you wait, okay? Just like Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to make you wait. I mean, there's a lesson to be learned here, but, but I, I, I wanted you to just wait. I want to grow your trust in me. I want you to grow my, your faith in me. I want you to be able to give me glory and praise even though it appears that you've got no answer. And the Bible says pray with persistency when that happens. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking on the throne room of grace. When you're waiting for an answer, keep doing, keep going, keep seeking. Because the Bible says when you ask, you will eventually receive 
When you seek, you will find. And when you knock, one day that door will be opening to you. Sometimes God says to wait. But that's okay. Sometimes he says, yes, (laughs) I'll answer that prayer. But there is a lesson that I want to teach you by granting that prayer, if you would. You see, the Israelites, they wanted a king back in the day. They wanted a king. God says, you've already got a king, me, God says. No, 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 no. We want somebody. We want somebody here on this earth. God says, okay, that's what you want. I will, I will grant that. I'll, I'll let that happen. I'll give you somebody. And the Bible says Saul became the king. Saul became their king. Saul was an awful king. Saul turned his back on God. Saul was the leader, and he chose to lead the Jewish people away from God. God said, yeah, okay, yeah. But I'm going to teach you a lesson. Well, they learned a lesson for a little bit, and then they lost the lesson, didn't they? Sometimes he answers no. Sometimes he said, no, that's not good because your heart is not in it. Your heart is not right. You have asked and prayed for this for so long, but your heart is just not in it. James 4, 3 says, you ask and do not receive because you ask for it with wrong motives, wishing to spend whatever you've asked me for for my pleasure. God said, that's not the right motive. How many times do we pray and ask God for something, but, but just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, but Father, not my will, but your will. Father, not my will, but I want your will. How many times do you pray that? I suggest that's a good way to pray, okay? Because you see, when you pray and you ask God for stuff, and it's not right, and you just want to do it for your own self, God says, ah, nah, nah, nah. That ain't happening. Not today, boys. Not today. And then sometimes he says no. (laughs) Sometimes he says no. Because he says, you know, my plan, God's plan is better than your plan. I have something better for you. I got something bigger and better that you can't even comprehend how I want to answer that prayer. And my plan is going to be better than yours. And what a great way to pray. His Father, here is, here is what I want. Here is my heart's desire, if you would. Okay? But ultimately, God, I want what you want for me. Because I know, God, your plan is better than mine. And there's times that I've prayed, God, I, this is what I want. But God, if that's not what you want for me, if I, just, would you mind just forgetting that, what I just said? Because I want your plan because your plan is going to be a lot better than mine. You ever do that? You might think about that. That's, that's a pretty good way to pray. God, this is, I ask this. I want this. My heart's desire. Feel this good stuff. But God, if it's not, scratch it from your memory, if you would. Because I want your plan in my life. You know, God's faithfulness says, I will answer my, my prayers. I will answer your prayers. God's faithfulness is, is awesome. We stand on his promises. We know without a shadow of doubt he hears our prayers. He protects us also, number three, from the evil and the evil one. God promises to do that. You might not understand it. You might not grasp the concept. But I'm here to tell you, every one of us in here, if we've been born again, there is a spiritual battle for your life. 
there is spiritual warfare going on because the Bible tells us Satan, his mission in life is to do what? Steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says he walks around, prowling around, looking for someone to devour. Matthew 6.13 says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, even in the Lord's Prayer, Christ understands that there's spiritual warfare going on. We might not see it, but it is there. You see, the enemy wants to destroy you. You see, the enemy wants to ruin your life, especially if you've been born again. He wants to ruin your testimony. If you've never been born again, he still wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Yeah, but it's not that important. But if he can do something to a believer, ruin your testimony, make you go down the wrong road, he's going to do it. And God's promises says, I will protect you from evil and protect you from the evil one. Why? Because the Lord is faithful. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. James 4, 7 gives us a tremendous game plan when we are dealing with spiritual warfare in our lives. And it's a great game plan. I'm here to tell you, I think it's better than OU's game plan yesterday. This, this beats that hands down. Okay? And it's James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, God said, I know the enemy's coming after you to destroy you. And he says, here is, here is the secret sauce to deal with that. Submit to me, God says. Resist him. Don't give in. And the promise is what? He will flee from you. You're in spiritual warfare. Don't get those things backwards. Don't get those mixed up. Submit to God first. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. What happens when he really comes hard after you? And he really wants you to sin. And he brings temptation, big time temptation in your life. To either lie or to cheat or cross the line morally or, or something that's just, that's just not right. You, he's, he's encouraging you to do stuff that you know is not right. Do we have a remedy? God said, yeah, I'll give you one. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. You know, we're all going to get that thing. In the next part of that verse, but God is faithful. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. And with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You come under strong temptation. God says, I'm faithful. I'm faithful ever time that happens to you. He says, I will make a way of escape. I will give you a back door. I will be able to allow you to get out of there because I don't want you to be defeated by sin. I want you to live a life that is victorious in me. And because of that, and because God is faithful, when we are tempted to go down a wrong road, and that's what we want to choose, and yet God says, I will give you an escape because, he says, I am faithful. Ever, ever time. He says, I am faithful. Not one time, two times, three times. I am faithful every time when that temptation comes into your life. You can choose to believe that. You can choose to stand on it. 
But God says, said it. I, he means it. And that's the way it is. God is faithful. When we choose to sin, when we choose to give in temptation, when we choose to go down that, that other road, what happens? When we choose to be unfaithful to God, does he just say, enough, enough. Yeah, get out of my sight. Second Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he is faithful. He is still faithful to us. When we blow it, he is still faithful. And when we blow it and we sin and we do what we shouldn't do, what do we do? And we feel the conviction of that and we feel bad and we go, man, I wish I'd never done that. That was a stupid thing to do. What? What are you thinking, Don? Come on. 1 John 1, 9 says what? If we confess our sins, and here's that next line. He is faithful and just. God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, you need to, Don, you need to, you need to confess that about ten times, Don, and then I'll get around to forgiving you. Is that what that verse says? No. He said, man, if you blow it, you say something you shouldn't say, you do something you shouldn't do, and you're under conviction about it. The Bible says if you'll just confess that sin, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive you. You don't have to go to him 25 times with the same sin. Preacher, I heard one time was telling a lady came to his office and said, Preacher, I have, I have prayed this prayer for 150 times. And I don't feel like forgiven, being forgiven. And he goes, why not? Well, I just can't. I just got to keep confessing it, confessing it, confessing it. Do you trust God? Yeah. No, you don't. Because you see, that verse says if you confess it, he is faithful the first time, <laughs> okay, to forgive you. Well, I don't feel forgiven. He is faithful to forgive us. Well, I don't feel it. He is faithful to forgive us. You see, that's what I was talking about. You don't have to go to him 12 times about the same sin. Confess it once. We are forgiven. Why? Because he is faithful. When the enemy tries to destroy your life, God's faithful. When the enemy tempts you to do wrong, he is faithful. When you do wrong, he is faithful. When you ask for forgiveness, he is faithful. You see how that works? God is faithful. And he longs to be faithful in your life. Fourth one, real quick. God's faithfulness causes us to praise him. When we stand on God's promises, when we live on God's promises, when we allow God's promises to change our lives, when we stand on his promises and all of a sudden we realize he just did that. There's only one thing that you and I can do is we can just praise him because of it. When we see him working in our lives and we see as we stand on his promises and we change our life because of these promises and we see it happening, we just praise him. What a great thing. His faithfulness causes us to praise him. 
when we know that, that we need to pray and we pray and we understand that God's got a great plan for our prayer and God's going to hear it and he's going to answer it, what, what, what do we do about that? The Bible says we just praise him because of that. He's faithful. We praise him. When we live a victorious life and we come under spiritual warfare and yet he gives us the tools to, to resist that. And, we, and we, we, we stand firm in our faith and we see God working in our lives. What, what do we do about that? We just praise him because of that. You see, the, when we see his faithfulness to us, that he never lies, he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he blesses with the way he wants to bless us because of his faithfulness. That means we praise him. We praise him. There's a song out there called Great Is Thy Faithfulness. It's an old hymn. It's got great words. I'm going to read it to you. I'm not going to sing it to you. Great is thy faithfulness, O my God. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Okay? Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. Thou hast been, thou hast forever will be. Summer and winter and springtime and harvest. Sun, moon, and stars in their course above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a peace that endures. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today, bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning your mercies I see. All I have needed, your hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. When God says, I love you, in spite of your sins, he means it. When God says, I will never fail you nor forsake you, he means it. When he says, I will answer your prayers, he means it. When you confess and say, I will forgive you, he means it. When God says, resist the devil and he will flee from you, he means it. When God says, if you believe in Jesus, I will give you eternal life. He means it. When God says, you must be born again. He means it. When God says that Jesus is the the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Jesus. He means it. You see, when God speaks, he means it. When God speaks, he's speaking truth. When God speaks, it's not, well, one day it's like this and the next day like this, or I've got a better plan. When God speaks, he means it. God is faithful. God is faithful. We stand and live on his promises. God is faithful when he answers our prayers. God is faithful when we resist and have victory over sin. God is faithful, which causes us to praise him. God is faithful. Do you believe it? Do you believe God's promises to stand on them strong enough 
that when he says something, he means it. Judy, as you come to play, hon, and we begin our invitation time. God is faithful. God has never broken his word, ever. God has never told a lie. God is the same when he was speaking to Abraham in the early book of Genesis. He has never changed from that point. I urge you to stand on his promises, to live on his promises. Let those promises change your life. As we bow our heads and close our eyes and you do business with God. If you've never been born again, God's not going to be faithful to you. I would urge you, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today would be a good day. Let him come into your life. Trust him with eternity. He says, if you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, you have a home in heaven forever. That will allow you to trust him in your everyday life. As the piano plays, do business with God, would you please?